Welcome to the Weekend Booktopian podcast about all things book news and the books we are reading and enjoying. I'm Nick Wasiliev, the social media specialist here at Booktopia, and I'm joined today by Shanu Prasad, our lifestyle category manager. Hi, Shanu. Hello. Joe Lewin, our head of trade product. Hi, Joe. Hi, Nick. And Olivia Frico, senior content producer, editor of the Booktopian blog, and may I add, our book fight queen. Hi, Liv. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Nick. Um, so as with all of our episodes, we'll dive right in to the world of book news first and then discuss the books we are reading and then be sure to stick around until the end when my guests will go head to head in a battle for book supremacy that we like to call Book Fight. So book news today and the biggest news that, uh, that everyone is talking about at the moment is the book industry in America has had massive news with the announcement that Penguin Random House has bought Simon & Schuster for $2.95 billion Australian, reducing the big five of American publishing um, to four. Uh, so Joe, how big a deal is this? Because it seems like a, a pretty big deal. Yeah, look, I guess um, in terms of um, how it will impact uh, Australian publishing, the answer is we really don't know. Um, Simon & Schuster in Australia have been having a, um, a fantastic time in recent years under their CEO, Dan Ruffino. Um, they've been really uh, upweighting their local publishing list. Um, and uh, Bertelsmann, the parent company, have said that they're going to continue to offer kind of control, you know, total control to all of their publishers worldwide. So, you know, it remains to be seen whether Penguin Random House Australia eventually, um, you know, swallows the Australian Simon & Schuster operations. I don't expect that to happen in the short term, though. I think everything will be business as, more, as usual for quite some time. Mm, yeah, but it is interesting how, mu how much of, a, of an impact it will have in the, um, in the American industry, considering uh, it's such a big purchase. Um, but yeah, big news there. Um, and the other big news that we want to talk about is that Heidi Grant's Children's Publishing has announced the creation of Bright Light, which is a new illustrated in imprint under Ultimate Press that will publish. They plan to publish 20 titles a year, exploring privilege, race, equality, the environment, uh, bodies, gender, what have you. Um, Shanu, I know a lot of children's publishing is kind of pushing in this direction. What does this news mean in the context of children's publishing and also especially around, you know, Ultimo Press, which is, you know, racking up a lot of big news lately? I might jump in here on uh, Shanu's behalf. Um, Hardy Grant have already been doing some really, really fantastic work in this space. Um, some of their books by um, authors like Sophie Beer, um, you know, already really talk to a lot of these issues. So I think that um, setting up a brand new imprint for these titles to live under, I really, I guess, just really acknowledges that focus. Yeah, that's that I've already seen, got to see the um, two of the first titles that they're going to be um, actually publishing, and they're really excellent. The first one is How to Be a Real Man, um, which is by um, Scott Stewart, who um, wrote and illustrated the book. Um, people might remember him. He went viral on. Um, TikTok when he and his son dressed up as Elsa to go and see Frozen 2 and it was yeah. so adorable. If anyone hasn't seen the video, they should 100% look that up. Um, and if you don't know how to find it on TikTok, just go find a young person and they'll do it for you. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, and the second book is really, really fantastic and perfect timing. It's called Daybreak and um, it's by two authors, Amy McGuire um, and Matt Chun. 
And it's um, a book about um, January 26th and the day and what it means to all sorts of different Australians and what views they have on it and why that day is important to them. Um, and I've seen that one as well. And it does, it does such a great job of really um, breaking down for children why not everyone might be super happy just to have like a nice public holiday and not have to go to school. You know, like there's, I mean, I know they're on school holidays anyway, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So um, it's really, uh, really exciting. And if that's the first two books, I can't wait to see what the rest. Yeah, the absolutely. Like it all bodes well, huh? A hundred percent. It's good that they're pushing into that, that into this space a little bit more. And it really is exciting. And, and lovely to see some kids publishing that tackles really important issues like, um, you know, diverse families and um, mm. Indigenous issues without being like really depressing and no. really brown. Yes. You know, like a lot of these books about these issues tend to be brown. And, yes. um, you know, I, I mean, like, you know, very dull colours, very, very depressing, as opposed Serious to something that children you know, are, are actually attracted to because they're bright colours and the story is um, hopeful and a little bit more palatable for a young audience. Exactly. And they've done, they've already done such a great job as we talked about with it. So it's yeah. only just being able to give them the breathing space to really expand and, um, and take what they're doing to the next level. Mm, exactly. It's a, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, what other, what other releases will be in store. So we'll watch that space. Um, so sweet. Let's dive into the books that we have been reading over the last couple of weeks or so. And I'll throw to you first, Liv. Because um, I know it's been a really busy time on, on the book reading front. What have you been up to in terms of uh, getting your hands on books? <laughs> um, thanks, Nick. Um, I enjoy your book. Uh, oh, stop it. You can, hear about, you can hear all about in our podcast with you. Um, but since there is an entire podcast on that, I will focus on some other ones, if that's all right with you. Um, first one isn't really a book that you read. It's a cookbook um, that I've been using a lot and really enjoying and that's To Asia With Love by Hedy McKinnon. Um, it's mostly vegetarian um, though you can easily adapt a lot of the meals to meat um, to be meat dishes but I'm trying to cut down on eating so much meat um, and I'm really enjoying this cookbook. It's like got some really delicious recipes, um, they're unusual um, and I don't know and I'm, I haven't cooked much Asian food before and she just makes it so easy she's amazing um the life-changing udon, udon noodles are literally life-changing they're delicious um i made the best shallot pancakes of my life um, oh i love shallot love pancakes they're so good and they're so yeah. easy like once yeah. you get past all the kneading yeah the dough so oh, yeah and if you've got a that. cat you don't even have to knead it yourself just get the cat to do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're assuming that you could get the cat to knead in the spot that you want the cat to knead and not just on your um bladder basically would, yeah right you would also have to well if you put the the dough on your bladder and then you have the cat on top then that might, that might, might put some uh, clean film over the dough yeah potentially that or something more environmentally friendly but you know yeah. same concept <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Liv. I'm sure that's true. <laughs> I enjoyed that. It um, made me sad that I don't have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> you did tell um, me about this last week, and I added it to my list uh, of uh, books, which I already had quite a long list of cookbooks because, you know, that mm. is the category that I look after. Um, but I hadn't got <laughs> to see a finished copy of that one yet, and, um, and so I hadn't, like, drilled over the recipes as much. But then um, Liv is uh, my influencer for cookbooks because... <laughs> And she starts cooking from something and tells me it's good, then I go and immediately follow her and make the exact same things. So ask me about oh. it next year and I will have made all the recipes that you've made in that book, I'm sure. 
we um we have this one at our at our place as well. Um, so we have made the tofu and coriander balls, which I don't think is one that you'll be rushing to, Olivia. Although you could always just do it with uh, spring onions. Um, they were delicious. They were really really nice and quite easy because you, you fry them. Yeah, you fry. You just uh, shallow fry them. Yes, that's how tofu tastes good is by frying it so it doesn't by taste like it. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've had, I've had delicious tofu in Japanese restaurants before, just like simply marinated and stuff. But I can never pull that off at home. No, 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 no. Uh, it always just tastes like yeah. polystyrene when I try and make it those ways. But when I when it's fried, it's delicious. Um, and I am also making. It's my kid's birthday. Um, it was my kid's birthday yesterday, and it's their birthday party on the weekend. And I'm going to be making the orange chiffon cake. Ooh. Um, Good luck with that. Yeah. Is that going to be, is that hard? Oh, no, it's just a chiffon is quite a light cake. So you've got to like yes. get a lot of air into it. So it's yeah. just, and it's really hot weather tomorrow. So well, yeah. I will put the air conditioning on. Yes. Do that uh, and I have a KitchenAid. So I can, Excellent. you know, like you, you have to separate out the eggs and get really um, stuck into those egg whites. Yes. Looks like, it looks like Liv's just, re just, is just reading and discovered the recipe. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it looks amazing. Joe's really likes, um, we live in an area where there's heaps of like um, Asian grocery stores and um, my kid really likes uh, pandan cake, which is a similar kind of cake mm. that we buy from the Thai yep. grocery store. It's bright yep. green and really, really fluffy. Um, yeah, Jarvis loves that. So, um, and Jarvis loves my lemon drizzle cake. So I yep. figure this is like a Good match combo. made in heaven for Jarvis. Yeah. And if that works out, you can make one and bring one in for us. That'd be great. I will. I will. <laughs> because it's, it's really simple ingredients. It's not like yes. um, one of those cakes that has like, you know, a million uh, whole vanilla beans and all sorts of expensive yes. Uh, bits and pieces like the one I um, got you to make for me, Shani. Correct. Correct. Yes. Where I even poached the uh, fruit before and pulled the skins off them before I cut them up. Yeah. Turns out I don't know how to cut up um, uh, stone fruit. It's really hard. I, it's very hard, but I didn't know because every time I get stone fruit, I just eat it, you know, straight yeah. from the... Because you don't know when you're buying it, whether it's a cling peach or a non-cling peach. <laughs> I not even know how Now you're getting yeah. into like, I just, I bought nectarines because they looked nicer than the peaches. Mm. Yeah. So they just have a pit that will not go away. It just clung. So along the same theme, Olivia, I've been um, I've been cooking from the wildly successful and now no longer available until February um, in praise of veg. Sorry, uh, Shanu, I know that you don't want to talk about this book. No, no, there's some stock. No, 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 there is some stock now. Ah, yeah, it's not so sold out quick. yet. But you better be quick if you're listening yeah, to this be quick. on the weekend that it's that it's aired. Then there's stock. If you're listening to this after that, you probably have to wait till February. Yeah. Um, and that's because it's a really, really, really good book. Not only is it so really beautiful, like go onto the what? website and have a look at this book or go onto Instagram and have a look at Shano's beautiful photo of this book. Um, it's or go into the blog color. and check out the recipe for blender brownies. Blender. Exactly. Cool. Yes, you can still yeah. make the recipes before you end up with the final copy of the book if you're listening yeah. to this after it's sold out. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just gorgeous on the inside though. It's really interesting. It kind of like, um, it, breaks down all of the different vegetables by colour, which is really good because sometimes you're like, I just want a big bowl of green and other times you're like, I want comfort food. I want like, you know, mushrooms and potatoes and all of those kind of like Starchy you know, beige foods. <laughs> um, yeah, so I made some really yummy um, broccoli steaks out of Ooh. it and I made um, Hasselback parsnips. 
and um, she's full of like really cool little tips and tricks as well. So with the um, the Hasselback parsnips, um, her trick was that you actually lie the parsnip down uh -huh. in between two chopsticks. Yes. And that way, when you're slicing down through the parsnip, you don't go all the way through and you get a perfect, perfect, um, beautiful looking Hasselback parsnip. Yeah. Great. Now you know my secret. So now I can't make it for anyone else anymore. And it'd be people be super amazed about how great a job I did because it's not really, it's not really you. It's really the, it's really the chopstick. It's really the chopstick. Work. But if I tried to do that freehand, no way. No way. No way. No way. <laughs> I don't have the patience to do that. No. There's probably some dumb kitchen gadget you can buy, use once, and then it'll just languish. Yeah, I'm quite something. sure there is. Along 100%. the lines of like, you know, those egg slicer things with the wine? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Something like yes. that. I was slicing fact, the eggs. I know. Have someone tried to use that? For, I for must the say, slicing box. eggs is not that not as easy as it sounds. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah anyway, this, well, is a, this is a podcast about books. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I just? Uh, I'll add my book that is um, I've found most helpful, which um, uh, recently, and it's the um, Cornersmith, the new Cornersmith cookbook. Use it all, which we have great stock levels Ooh. of, guys. So yes. everyone, no matter when you listen to this, you should be able to get a copy of it um, for your loved one or yourself. And it's a, I think it's kind of similar to the kind of both books you're talking about, where it's like. Um, very plant forward, uh, yeah. plant based, plant forward, veg forward, whatever whatever buzz term you want to use, and um, also full of extremely useful tips on how to store everything you buy because oh that's buy, great yes to keep things the freshest for the longest how to use up stuff that is not so fresh that you thought you were going to use on this day then you end up going out so you didn't do it mm. and then now you've got this wrinkly kind of whatever in the fridge so they've got great recipes mm. to make the best of everything. And the most favorite thing I've done so far, because I have a dish that I make from a different Ottolenghi cookbook, which um, uses silver beet, but it only uses the leaves. And then yeah. always I've got all these like silver beet stems and I'm like, I don't know what to do with these. And No, everybody throws those like, away, right? And same exactly, with the kale stems. Exactly. It's a fantastic recipe with just like, you know, a little bit, you just need a pan, some like some delicious spices and some thyme, thyme as in T-I-M-E, because it takes yeah. 20 minutes to break it down. And you just come up with the most delicious like side mm. dish that I put I put into a jar and then I ate it with eggs and I ate it with rice and I ate it with like yeah. something else and it was amazing. So yeah. um, that's another, that's that's the cookbook that I have found really great because I just feel really bad about wasting food. I hate wasting food and I try yeah. and buy what I'm going to use. And, and silver, just, do, silver beet and kale yeah. both do feel really, really wasteful. Like you yes. take the leaves out and then and you wilt them and they come up to like nothing. nothing. And yeah, then you've got yeah. all these stems. And I've yeah. been like, you know, ad-libbing it with like adding them to stir fries. I always add my kale stems mm. to like minestrone and things like that. They like, if you put They're them in so nice and early. Yeah. Yeah. If oh, you put them in nice and early and then you put the leaves in heaps later. Um, mm. Yeah. They're really delicious. Yeah. So that book will tell you that. And oh, also the other good thing about the cookbook is it's got all these really awesome facts about different foods that you never know, that you would never have thought about and just, don't expect to find that in a cookbook necessarily like just little facts every every so often um and you know and facts that are just interesting but also facts that make you think about what you're doing like about how much water it actually takes to uh get that cup of rice that you're holding in your hands mm. and why you should you know not just throw out oh, why are you like, doing this to me Shani? i just well i just did a massive order i bought like 10 cookbooks <laughs> <laughs> i thought i had bought all the cookbooks that i needed to buy out of this year's like 
offering. Yeah. You but thought 10 was going to be enough? No. I was wrong. It's never enough. It's never yeah, enough. So you're for a group of enablers. We just enable each other's work. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's an <laughs> occupational hazard, hey? Mm. That's true. I love how I, I haven't even had breakfast today and you guys are killing me because these, these all sound amazing right now. Yeah. I, love, I, love, I love the sidetrack of cookbooks. It's amazing. <laughs> I love cooking all day. I love cooking. Mm. Um, I, have, well, I have like another book that I was talking about. Not <laughs> but I was enjoying the cook chat, so I just let it flow. It's great. <laughs> um, but the other book that I read um, recently was Perfect Tunes by Emily Gould. Um, and it's just a book about um, a young girl who turns up in New York City in like the early 2000s um, with a guitar and a dream of becoming a singer-songwriter. Like her influences are like Joni Mitchell but weird, so she's like the moldy peaches, that kind of vibe. Um, and so while she's trying to make it as a musician, she falls in love uh, quite kind of disastrously with um, this guy named Dylan who's a guitar artist and vocalist in an up-and-coming band um, and then some a kind of um, it jumps forward in 15 years in time to when um, the, this musician Laura has a daughter and her daughter starting us started asking questions about her father and it's kind of you can see how Laura's put her own musical career on hold because obviously she's gotten pregnant um, and it's kind of just put all of her dreams aside and it's an exploration of like motherhood but also like how artistry can thrive alongside motherhood, but also the difficulties that come along with that. I don't know, it's just a really nice book. Um, it was funny and I don't know. What's it called again, book? Olivia? Yeah. Can I have the title Perfect one more time? Perfect Tunes. Perfect Tunes. Yeah, okay. I'm looking it up right. right as we speak. <laughs> I was like, it's, I it's not that long it. as well. Like I read it in like two days. Yeah. It's just like a nice, easy read, um, with a little bit of depth to it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also halfway through The Binding by Bridget Collins, uh, Are you which enjoying is a weird it? kind of... Hmm? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's, um, it took a while to get going. Um, I found the first... It's in thirds, like there's three parts to it, and I found ah. the first third took a while to get going, and um, Sarah McDooling has read this, and she's also read Bridget Collins' newest book, which is The Betrayals, and she kind of just throws you in the deep end with the world building. She's yeah, like, that's this, what is I heard. The, this is the story, this is the world. Yeah. Uh, deal with it and pick it up on your own which is kind of frustrating but also equally is like interesting like you want to get to the depth the heart of it and um this was my book club book for this month and we all chat had a big chat about it last night and um i'm really keen to see how it plays out so those are my books love them Lovely. love the selections they're great um joe i'll throw to you now um apart from all of the amazing cooking that you've been up to what else <laughs> have you been uh, have you been getting your hands on well, look, I'm only um, really a chapter in, so it might be a little bit presumptuous to even talk about it now, but um, I just started reading uh, What Are You Going Through by Sigrid Nunes. Um, ah, yes. Her last I book, that. Yeah, her last book, uh, The Friend, was one of my, uh, one of my absolute picks for uh, 2019. I, ab I absolutely loved it. Um, and it was all about um, a person who's, best friend um, suddenly passes away and bequeaths her a Great Dane. And she lives in a studio apartment and she's like, well, thanks. Um, <laughs> but it turns out that this Great Dane, um, you know, touches her heart in ways that she didn't realise that um, 
that it would. But this is not this is not Molly and me. This is not like a sappy <laughs> story about a dog. It's a very real, um, <laughs> insightful story about um, aging and love and um, isolation and all sorts of um, different ideas. Um, so yeah, I've just started, what are you going through? I believe this one has a cat in it and it also has death. So I feel like she's really, she's onto a good thing and she's like, I'm gonna write a book just like the last one, but with a cat. So I can't wait, I know, but I know that her book is so nuanced, her work is so nuanced and subtle that I'm sure it's not gonna be, you know, the French too now with cats. No. I'm sure it will be more, um, more nuanced than that. So I'm really, I love the way she writes. The first couple of chapters, I'm not sure exactly what the arc is going to be, but the mood that she evokes um, is just so beautiful. Um, the other thing that I've recently finished reading is um, A Fine Balance by Rohington Mystery. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have read that before. It's, it's from 1995. Um, and it's, it follows a, a series of different characters, um, in India in, I'm probably going to get this time frame wrong, but I think the early seventies to the mid eighties. Um, and it's during, um, a time when um, the caste system was still in full flight and some of the characters um, in the book are uh, Muslim, some of the characters are Parsi, some of the characters are um, uh, untouchable caste. Um, so, you know, it talks about how the caste system has become illegal, but, uh, you know, in rural areas is still very, very much a part of life. It talks about the prime minister at the time during this um, historical period called the emergency where um, you know, a lot of uh, democratic process was taken away. Um, it's a really, really fascinating look into Indian history and also, as with all books, um, human nature and character um, and how these people relate to each other across religion and caste and age and um, socioeconomic group and all of these different things. So, um, it, look, it's a modern classic and something that I recommend everyone dips into at some stage in their lives. Oh, love it. Love the sound of that one. It sounds like a still yeah. probably more relevant now than, than when it came out in terms of yeah, its and look, it's, stuff um, it analyzes. It's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty epic too. I think it's, it's 600 pages, so it's not quite a Hilary <laughs> Mantel, but it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty chunky. It packs a lot in. Yeah, uh, sometimes it's good though to dive into those bricks, like mm, just mm. such an engrossing world. Great picks, I love that. Um, lastly, but certainly not least, I'll, uh, I'll throw to you, Shanu. Um, in addition to all the amazing cooking, I'm loving the, the, the cook chat that we used that we got sidetracked by. But what else have you been up to? Yeah, apart from midnight cooking, which is the time <laughs> that I do most of my cooking. Um, <laughs> I, uh, the last book that I finished reading last weekend was Charming as a Verb. It's a young adult book by um, an American author, Ben Philippe. Um, he is, um, uh, I, I'm not sure if he was born there or his just background is, is, is um, Haitian. Um, and so his main characters are also American Haitian. He's um, the main character, Henry, um, or Hodney, H-E-N-R-I, spelling, um, is, um, he's, born, he's been born in America, but he's first generation um, uh, 
American Haitian. So his parents were born in Haiti and um, came across when they were younger. And he lives in the upper east or west, the upper, the upper part of uh, Manhattan. And his dad is the um, building manager, the super for uh, a building there. So he's not rich at all. His family is certainly not rich. They, live, they, they do have an apartment in the building, but the tiny little basement apartment. And um, it's quite a, it's not a super, super, super fancy one, but it's very, you've got to be well off to live there. He's um, smart. He goes to a really fancy private school. Um, and um, a lot of the book, he's in his last year of school. So a lot of the book is about, starts with saying, you know, if you're a, if you're a young black man, uh, the best thing to do is just smile. So it's all about how he has a capital S smile, which is like the, the charm. And it's all about him being like the super charming guy. And then he, um, there's a girl that he goes to school with that actually lives in his building, who's a bit, uh, a bit prickly and uh, a bit like focused on school and getting into Princeton. And that's what she wants to do. Um, and then they kind of like uh, end up sort of having a connection through, he runs a dog walking business. He's sort of doing this hustle to try and get as much money as he can, um, you know, before he goes to college and also helps uh, support his family. And, um, and uh, yeah, so it's kind of, it's got a really, uh, really great, fun, uh, sweet romance in it. And it's got a lot of, uh, a lot of things to say about class and privilege and, um, uh, you know, what it's like, you know, uh, like coming to America with a, this, this dream that his dad had, um, that his dad gave up his dream so his son could have the dream. But then the son also feels that, you know, like it's hard for him because he's in this world where, you know, if he, the people, he, there's this guy that he goes to school with that like his dad's, a, you know, he's a legacy to get into um, uh, Columbia, which is the school that like uh, the main character's dad is like, if you get like, this is like the dream for his son to get into Columbia, then he will have achieved success. Um, and so he does, so the main character, Henry, Henry uh, does everything he can to try and get into Columbia including something he really shouldn't, which does have consequences, but not as severe consequences as it could have. And so, and it ended in a way that some people didn't like, but I loved and made me happy. So <laughs> um, it's a really great book. It's his it's a second book. I haven't read his first book. Um, I think it's like the, the, something about the field guide to the American teenager, but I'm definitely going to go back and read his first book after reading this one. Um, the other one very quickly that I uh, have been uh, reading, and it's probably better that like I thought I would just read the whole thing because usually I just start a book and then I finish the book all in one go. But this is very different from um, things that I've I've read before, and I've never read I haven't read her other books, but it's um, uh, Ali Brosh, um, Solutions and Other Problems, and I think Liv has Liv about this, right? I know of the book. I haven't yeah. read it. I um, got sucked into the Richard story. The Richard story. Oh my goodness, that is that is what I want to talk about because it's the rest so of it is great. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I've, I'm not all the way through it yet because I'm actually just reading it in chunks on purpose because I think it just, it's, it's, it's um, a mixture of, um, mm -hmm. Ali Brosh is the author who, she also illustrates these, she's herself as this really, as this really quirky little character that's like, doesn't really look that human, uh, the character that she draws as herself. Um, and, and so it's, um, it's a mixture of sort of cartoons and, and also uh, stories about her life. And it's not in chronological order, so it kind of goes back and forth. But there's this, there's this one that just, if you, like, I think you can get it as even as an extract, but I definitely recommend getting the whole, the whole book, but <laughs> about when she's really little and she realises for the first time that there are other people that don't live in her house and other people get, are very exciting to her, like she's like three or four or something. And so she has a neighbour called Richard. And so she goes out, so she, she watches Richard and she's like, oh, look, Richard, or oh, Richard lives over there. Oh, that's very interesting. Then she goes over a little bit closer to his, like, fence and she's like, oh, okay. 
And then she realizes that she can sort of crawl through. And then she realizes there's a cat door and, or a dog door and she's quite small. So she goes into Richard's house and then she starts taking things from Richard's house and taking them back to her, her room and putting them in a drawer, um, which would probably be okay until she takes uh, Richard's cat and puts Richard's cat into her drawer. Um, and then her parents find out and they're like, what is this? And she's like, oh yeah, I've just been hanging out with Richard, which um, Richard is like a man in his mid thirties. And, you know, so the parents are obviously very concerned about why their kid would be hanging out with a man in his thirties uh, when she's like three or four years old. Uh, but it turns out that hanging out just means she's going in and uh, spying on him and stealing his stuff. So um, the way she writes it with the illustrations is a lot funnier than how I've described it, but, I guarantee that you cannot get through reading that story without laughing. And she just has such uh, wry observations about, about life. And she's so honest about her own, um, you know, everything that happens to her in her life, but it does it in a very, very humorous way. So um, if you, uh, I've got it on Good Authority, I haven't read her other book, but that if you like that one, then you'll like this one. And you don't need to have read her other book to read this one. So recommend both of those. Awesome. Love it. Good selections. Love it. Thank you very much, everyone, for all of your fantastic book selections. And now it's time for us to move on to the most infamous part of the oh. podcast. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm already. It is time for Book Fight. Now, I understand. I know she knew that you are daunted by this one, but I think we actually might daunted. be in the clear. No. no, no, no. I'm not daunted. I'm actually excited because unless Mark didn't, oh, actually, no, wait. Did Mark write the questions? No, I did. Yeah. <laughs> then we might be, I might be happy now. Mark didn't write the questions. Mark's questions are very interesting. <laughs> well, and very sci-fi related. So yes, very hard for me to ever answer. Well, fortunately, you might be in the clear this time because there are, in, in, in line with the cookbook chat we've had, there are actually a couple of cookbook-related questions Ooh. in oh. today's, uh, in today's uh, book fight. So I'm excited to see how this, this goes. Um, but before we begin, I will require buzzers from each one of you. And I'll throw to you first, Joe. What, what will your, your buzzer be? Sorry, what's that? Your buzzer. <laughs> what will your buzzer be? Uh, buzz. Buzz, I love it. You're taking Arthur's Arthur's thing. I love it. Awesome. Um, Liv, what will yours be? Uh, pancakes. Pancakes. Oh, I'm totally going to make pancakes tomorrow. I have buttermilk in the fridge that I have to use up. Even if it's mm. 39 degrees, I don't care. I'll just make them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you've made me hungry now. Okay. Um, and now, and lastly, Shanu, what will yours be? Yay. <laughs> Sorry. Yay. Yay. I like it. Awesome. <laughs> okay, hope let's. Uh, we now have Some our quizzes. Before I answer the question incorrectly, if I ever jump in. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we are now ready to go, ladies and ladies. Let's play a book fight. Question one: Which book recently won the 2020 Walkley Book Award? Bonus points if you can name the author and the subject matter the book was about. Thank you. <laughs> we have Buzz first. Um, it's called Fallen, and it's by. Morris, someone Morris or Morris someone. Yeah. Morris Keane? Mm, it's not Morris Keane, but you are correct with Fallen, oh, but I'll give it to you. It was Morris Marr. There the we go. Um, and uh, the, the, the extra point, which uh, I'm going was the inside story of the secret trial and conviction of Cardinal George Pell. 
was the was the subject matter of the book. But yeah, you got, uh, I'll give you two points for that one, Morris Marr and Fallen. Question two. Sweet and sour onion petals is a recipe from which high profile oh, cookbook? Oh, pancakes. I heard, a, I heard a buzz first. No. I, I heard a buzz first. Do I do know this as well. I just want to say that yeah. I'm just very slow at saying my word. Just uh, it's from it's from Ottolenghi flavor, and I'm yes. really looking forward to cooking that along with the miso butter roasted onions. Oh my god! Yeah. Finally, Mark writes oh some god. questions that I can answer. Oh, no, no, no. Nick wrote the questions. Mark oh, didn't write well the done, questions. Nick. Your that's questions why, are heaps better than Mark's. That's why I was so excited because. Yeah. They aren't about sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just buzz. June. <laughs> it's knowing. It's knowing the audience. It's okay. Yeah. We'll, roll, we'll roll with it. Um, <clears throat> question three. For three points. Oh. Name three books nominated for the Prime Minister's Literary Award for 2020 in any Ten category. Days. You can name Ten any days. category. Yep. Uh, Weekend by Charlotte Wood. Yep, you cut out there for a second, but I did the get the weekend. By Clara June Winch. Yep. The Why Chim? Um, oh God, what's it called? The Dumplings Book. Um, the Joy of a Good Dumpling. Oh, oh no, what's it called? <laughs> no, um, uh, Vicky Wakefield. This is how we change the ending. Uh. Yes, got it here. Fantastic. Great work, Liv. Three points to you. I'm sorry to wait to wait, Jim, if you're listening and I've completely stuffed up your book title. I'm so sorry. I know. It's not your fault, Liv. It's the people that allow book titles with more than two words in them. They are very hard to remember. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Question four. <clears throat> for three points, name this writer. A bonus two points are also up for grabs if you can name them before I name their first book. Ooh, I love these. Yay, Trent Dalton. <laughs> no, it's not, Yay, unfortunately. Uh, Jane Harper. <laughs> no. Yay, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> That's not how this works. You don't just keep guessing before you started talking. No. <laughs> Who am I? I was yeah. born in... <laughs> Say Buzz, Joe. <laughs> oh, sorry, Buzz. Nick. <laughs> Correct. Yes. <laughs> um, who am I? I was born in Wandsworth, London, in 1960. Ooh. I had a difficult childhood, moving schools nine times between the ages of nine and 18. I began my career in publishing, working first under publisher Niam At-Allah, if I pronounce that correctly, if not, apologies. Before, at 23, I began my career in journalism, writing for The Spectator a publication my father previously worked at. I began writing book reviews, but then became a restaurant critic in 1985 before I became the deputy literary editor of the Sunday Times in 1986. I always had a strong interest and love for cooking. And after I observed a dinner party host in tears because of an unset creme caramel, ca ca God, I, I just- completely. Creme caramel, yep. That's yep. the one. Got it, I moving on. I began to conceive of the idea of writing cookbooks. My first book, published in 1998, was called How to Eat and sold uh, over 300... Yep. Thank you. But I heard yeah. a buzz first. Uh, no. Is it Nigella Lawson? It is Nigella Lawson, correct. Three points to Joe. I didn't get the bonus points because I have no idea about her early life. And, you know, I just thought she was a lot younger than that. 
She looks yeah, a lot younger it's than the that. excellent, excellent skin and the burkini yeah. that she wears every time yeah. she goes, uh, every time she comes to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so now we move on to question five, uh, which is who won the 2020 Booker Prize? Buzz. Pancakes. <laughs> Buzz first. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Liv. Um, I also know this one. I just need to say I'm just very slow on this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Douglas, Douglas Stewart, I think the internet gods are, are smiling on me today and allowing me to buzz in first. Sorry, guys. No, no, uh, I, no apology required. It's book fight. It's not a book apology. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very polite book fight, though, today. Uh, well, Joel's not here. Because so. Mark's not involved. Yeah. Yes, Joel and Mark. Neither Joel nor Mark are involved. No, but so. When Mark yeah. is involved, I don't get in, I don't get angry at the other contestants. I just get angry at Mark for the question. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, well, Mark keeps putting in questions about classics and then accusing me of like, like and then yeah. getting mad when I answer but them correctly. Like, what oh, were you right. expecting? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. You put this question in for me, obviously. Anyway. So what was the answer to the question? Uh, oh, Douglas Stewart. Stewart. Yep, Douglas Stewart. What's the, um, yep, that's Chuggy the Bain. Yeah, you didn't Chuggy ask Bain. the title of the book, but Sorry, I will I give I it should. to you. Yes, that's it. That's Is it right. Chuggy or Shuggy? I still don't know. I don't know. But I like, to walk I like to walk around the office going, Shuggy Bane, <laughs> because that's how I feel like it should be pronounced, whatever. Yeah. Whatever is pronounced. Well, my dog's name is Shuggy, so I've been calling her Shuggy Bane. Sugar. Shuggy Bane. Oh, yeah, that's quite Shuggy funny. Bane. Yeah. I don't know how it's pronounced. It's, yeah, Someone will tell us. You just have to do us. it in a really thick, strong Scottish accent. And then I, yeah, I don't have one of those. No, yeah, neither do I. Either. Yeah. All right, and that, this leads on to our last question. Can this last question be for 12 points? So if I get it, I win. Um, I will. And can it be very easy? And can the other two people just not chime in, please? And then I can. Because, yeah, soz. But currently, we are sitting on, uh, Joe, you are sitting on seven points, and Liv, you are sitting on three, and Chinu, sorry, you are still on zero. But yeah, I'm loving I am loving your enthusiasm. Um, so. The final question for Book Fight for this week. Name this closing line. Oh, we'll never get that. It's funny. Don't ever tell anybody anything. If you do, you start Pancakes. kissing everybody. Yep. That's The Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger. Yes, it is The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. I haven't even read that book. I still wouldn't have, picked, wouldn't have known. Uh, I feel so like it has a bad rap and people need to appreciate, appreciate it more. Um, yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, it's, it's, it's I read it when I was younger too, so you know that's the age you're supposed to read it and, and, and really identify. But I did not. Yeah, it's it's one of my favourite books. I love just I love the narration and I love how completely unreliable he is. It's just <laughs> it's he's all over the place, um, which is which is one of the things I love about it. Um, so that brings us to the end of this so who, who won? episode of Budfight. And oh my goodness gracious me, the results are. Liv, uh, you got finished with five. Chanu with zero. Joe, you won the day with seven points. Congratulations, Joe. Yay, me. Well done. Good win. Good win all round. Although I feel like it should have been six points because you didn't actually get the guy's name right for Fallen. <laughs> <laughs> Still would have won though, so yeah. It's, I, I, I love I love your enthusiasm for this now. I'll uh, I'll be uh, I'll be looking to try and uh, bring those questions more more questions like that in uh, going forward. But that but thank you so much, guys. That was awesome. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the Weekend Booktopian. 
The Weekend Booktopian was produced by myself, Nick Vasiliev, and you can find links to all of our episodes, uh, other episodes of The Weekend Booktopian, plus a whole bunch of other author discussions, book analysis pieces, and more on our podcast SoundCloud channel, including our most recent podcast with Peter Fitzsimons. Uh, you can also head to YouTube, if that is where you are listening to this podcast, and check out our most recent live events with the likes of Craig Rucastle and Tanya Hennessy. Um, so that brings us to the end of this week, week's episode of The Weekend Booktopian. Have a lovely weekend and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget... You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.